This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Um, so last week we talked about uh, this idea of miracle growth and um, us basically planting our roots into the right soils, the soil of uh, scripture we talked about and the soil of living a secret place lifestyle and living in this place where we just absorb God's presence, where we just sit in silence and listen to him. It's not necessarily about just talking to God, but, but listening to him. I feel like we get so, so much out of listening to God. And uh, this morning, I want to share a little bit about uh, the result of that stuff, and that's the fruits that come from that. Uh, so we're going to kick right back into the series with uh, reading John 15. We're going to go over our key scripture again. Uh, we're actually going to go t- take it back a couple verses. We're going to go verses uh, 1 to 8 this morning, okay? So it says, uh, this is Jesus talking. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will bear even more fruit, or be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. You remain in me, and I in you. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. If I could just pause for a quick second and highlight verse 6. Just clear the air a little bit. Now, verse 6 in and of itself is, like I like to call it, uh, kind of a verse 6 mentality, that we might kind of see that verse and go, whoa, freak out, and then we miss everything else that happens in this verse, um, or this passage. So it says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and and burned. That's terrifying at first, right? Um, But I want to take a little weight off your shoulders that if you feel like you're in a place this morning where you're not bearing fruit or you feel like you're in a bit of a a valley or a low or whatever, this verse is actually talking about people who like purposefully and, 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 and blatantly walk away from God. Okay, this isn't talking about people who like occasionally sin sometimes or whatever and still walk in with Christ. It's people who like habitually walk away from God, that totally turn their back from God, okay? So, so I, I don't want you to be like stuck on this verse and then miss everything else that God wants to share this morning. You guys good with that? We're good, okay. So I, I want to uh, share a couple key, ver- key um, terms, I guess, from this passage just so we get a full view of, of what we're talking about this morning. So the first uh, is the true vine, okay? Who is the true vine? Jesus Christ, Amen. So he goes so far as to say he's the true vine. He says he's the true vine. You know, he could very well just walk in and be like, hey guys, what's up? I'm the vine, and I am fine. And do a little spoken word or whatever. But he said, goes as far as to say I'm the true vine. Well, why does he do that? Um, I believe that it's one of the reasons is because there's a lot of uh, false vines out there, right? So we as branches, we get our life and our nourishment from being connected to the vine. But if we're connected to something else, if we're connected to a false vine, we're going to produce false fruit. Either way, we're going to produce fruit. It's either going to be true fruit or false fruit. So if we connect to the true vine, we're going to produce true fruit. Okay, there's a lot of things out there that the world spits out that we try and connect with, right? That we get our identity in, whether it's a job, whether it could be another person or something. But if we plug into the true vine, that's when we produce true fruit, okay? Um, Next, we have the vine dresser. Okay, this is also known as the gardener. This is the Father God. Now, the vine dresser has the advantage of seeing the entire vineyard. 
The vine dresser isn't in the business of just one branch. The vine dresser is in the business of the entire vineyard. Okay? He's not just after looking at one person. He's looking at us all. Okay? He cares about the entire vineyard. And next up, we have the branches. Okay, that's you and me. That's the disciples. That's who we are. Now, branches get their life, like I said, from the vine. Okay? We are an extension of whatever we are connected to. Okay? We are nourished and we get our nutrients from the vine. We cannot stay, uh, we cannot stay, uh, we cannot survive unless we stay connected to the vine. That is our life source. If, if a branch gets cut, off, gets cut off from the vine, it dries up, it withers, and it dies. Okay? Connection is so important. And last, we have fruit. That's what, that's what we're talking about this morning. So what is this fruit that I'm talking about? Well, it's a, it's a Christian lifestyle. Okay, it's talking about character development, character growth and character development. And, and it's, it's not about what you do, but it's about who you are. Actually, more specifically, it's about who Christ is through you. Okay? Uh, it, it has nothing to do with how many times you pray in a day, how many times you, or how many people you've, you've, you've led to Christ, right? but it's about who you are. It's character development. And, and there's uh, two different spots where there's lists in the Bible uh, that talk about the fruits. And it's fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. And uh, they list them as this. There's love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. As well, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 7, it talks about faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. Okay, it's about living a fruity lifestyle. Okay, it's about living, living as Christ within you. Okay, it's, it's a character. It's about who God is through you. So, uh, I wanna, so now that we've defined a bunch of stuff, I want to get into the goodies. Uh, so there are uh, three key processes this morning that I'm going to share that are going to, what lead us to bearing fruit. Okay, and the first one is this. It's called the pruning process. This one's fun. It stings a little bit, but it's good. So the second half of verse 2 says, And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it may bear more fruit. Now, pruning sounds like a, a bit of a painful thing, but, but in the long run, it's actually good, uh, a good thing. It's a great thing. So it may involve some temporary pain for a little bit, but it's going to result in some permanent growth. Um, now, the purpose of pruning is always to lead to more fruit. And actually, that word pruning means so much more than just cutting away. That word pruning actually means to cleanse or to purify. And, and what are we purified by, you might ask? Thanks for asking. Ephesians 5.26 says that we are purified and washed through the word of God. Right? If we're planted in the soil of Scripture, we are purified and washed by it. So the vine dresser, he purifies us, or he prunes us in a few ways. And let me, let me highlight a few here. So the first one, like I said, it's, it's kind of a cleansing or lifting up. Okay? Now, sometimes new branches in the natural, when they start bearing fruit, they can, they can be weighed down under the, the weight of that, the heaviness of that fruit. So new branches are, are pushed into the mud, and they, they may be stepped on or whatever. They get dirty or infected. But the vine dresser is there to kind of dust them off, clean them up, and put them back where they're supposed to be. Okay, I did a, found a lot of interesting things about vine dressers. I, kind of cool, whatever. There's some neat things about vine dressers. Um, so check this out. It says, when the winter weather was over and the time for productivity was approaching, the vine dresser would move through the vineyard, lifting the branches up from the ground where they had been for the winter, and he would prop them up with stakes where they would receive the warmth from the sun. The heat promotes the ripening of the fruit. Furthermore, by getting the branches off the ground, keeps them from sinking many little roots directly from the branch into the surface of the soil where the moisture is not sufficient enough to produce anything but hard, sour grapes. If the branch is lifted out of the dirt, however, it's forced to get its moisture from the deep roots of the vine and produce luscious fruit. 
See, the vine dresser pulls us up out of the branches, or, or out of the, the, the shallow, unfruitful soil, so that we don't dig our roots into that. The vine dresser picks us up, dusts us off, cleans all the dirt and all the junk off, and plugs us back into the community of the vine, uh, plugs us right back into the true vine. Okay? We cannot survive and bear fruit, healthy fruit, if we're apart from the vine. Now, another way that, that we're, the vine dresser prunes us is he'll cut away dead wood that can breed disease and insects, but he also cuts away living tissue so that the life of the vine will not be so dissipated that the quality of the crop be jeopardized. In fact, the vine dresser will even cut away whole branches of grapes so that the rest of the crop will be of higher quality. Remember, God's in the business of the whole vineyard. God's not after just one branch. He's after quality and quantity. Now, pruning, pruning isn't a bad thing. Pruning's such a great thing. It, it involves God trimming out the things in our life that are going to cause us slowdown or spiritually not going to cause us to grow any further. Now, it, it could be a no, number of things that, that God wants to prune out of our lives. Yeah, it could be a place of, uh, of selfishness, maybe. Maybe God wants to prune out some jealousy in our life. Or, or maybe there's an unhealthy relationship. Or hey, maybe it's, maybe it's a, a place of pride, right? Like, oh, look at me. Look at this big old mighty branch blowing in the wind. See those leaves blowing around? Those are nice, right? But the problem is with this big old prideful branch, it may be providing too much shade for this little branch down here. And the Son of God isn't getting into this little branch right here, right? So this little branch can't grow and can't produce the kind of fruit that God's looking for in our lives, right? But if we allow God to prune the pride in our life, ooh, ow, ooh, ooh, okay? if we allow God to prune that little bit of branch off of us, it's going to cause the sun to shine on that little branch right here, and it's going to spread out, and it's going to produce a bunch of fruit for God, for the kingdom of God, right? Now, it may not be your fruit, it may not be my fruit, but it's more fruit for God, and that's what it's all about, right? At the end of the day, I just want to lay a big old basket of fruit in front of Jesus. That's really what I care about. If it's me, who cares? If it's not, uh, even better, right? Uh, just laying it at the feet of Jesus. Remember, God's in the business of the whole vineyard, not just one branch. If it's somebody else's victory, it's our victory too. It's our victory too. <clears throat> that pruning was because he had more fruit in mind. Now, this pruning process in the natural is actually the most important part of the whole enterprise. Okay? If, if, if the, the vine dresser prunes at the wrong spot, it could destroy an entire crop. The vine dresser actually in the natural goes through two to three years of training and schooling so that they know where to cut, when to cut, and how to cut, what angle to cut, and all that stuff. The greatest judgment that God could ever bring a believer would be to leave him alone and let him do his own thing. Have you ever seen a grapevine that's unattended to? It's not producing much fruit. It's a disaster. It's going in totally the wrong direction. It's out of the will of God. But because God loves us, he prunes us and encourages us to bear more fruit for his glory. Now, if the branches could speak, they'd confess that, yeah, the pruning stings a little bit. But they'd also rejoice in the fact that they're able to produce more fruit for God's glory. Pruning involves making some tough decisions. It's going to require us to say yes to some things. It's also going to require us to say no to some other things. Now, sometimes we have to let some things go for a brief little while, but remember, God's always in the business of more. Okay, pruning will always lead to promotion. Write that down. Pruning will always lead to promotion. Okay, if you let God prune the things in your life, he will lift you up. Sure, you can keep this thing over here. Sure, you can keep that point of pride. You can keep that unhealthy relationship if you want, but it's not going to cause us any spiritual growth. It's going to cause us to go stagnant and stay still. But if you let the vine dresser do what the vine dresser does, he's going to cause you to go into that place of more, into that place of promotion. Your heavenly father 
is never closer to you than when he's pruning you. A vine dresser can't prune somebody from a mile away. The, pr- the vine dresser is right there, right beside you. As he's pruning you, he's, holding, he's cuddling you up. Okay? He's, he's right there, right beside you, holding you up through every step of the way. Now, sometimes he may cut away dead wood. That's not causing us any growth. But oftentimes he'll cut away living tissue that's robbing us of any spiritual growth. Pruning doesn't simply mean surgery that removes everything that's bad. Sometimes it requires removing the good and the better so that we can get the very best of God. Yes, pruning hurts, but it helps. We may not enjoy it, but it's something that we need. Next up, we have the connection process. Verse 4 says that no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, first and foremost, we must stay connected to Jesus. That's absolutely, I, I, I won't take that away, whatever, but I want to add to that a little bit. Okay, the, the, this idea of the vineyard, this, this metaphor of the vineyard, is so perfect. It characterizes the Christian community as a whole in such a beautiful way. Okay, there's all these branches intermingled, intertwined with each other. You can't tell where one starts and other finishes. You can't tell whose fruit's whose and all that stuff. But like, you never see a branch flying solo. Right? You never see just a little branch sticking right out of the ground. It's not really bearing much fruit. It's kind of a loner. It's not really doing much. But the, the idea of, of, of this vineyard is so important that the, the Christian community, the idea of believers uh, building each other up, supporting each other, right? We see that in the branches. They're lifting each other up. They're kind of holding each other, supporting each other up. Yeah, they're connected to the vine, but they're also there intermingled, intertwined with each other, supporting each other, speaking life into each other, and, and, and bearing fruit together. Okay? Connection is so important. Connection with each other, the body of believers, is so important. Okay, think about it this way. When, when a baby's in the womb, it, it is connected to the mother from the life source of the umbilical cord, right? That baby is being fed life and total all nourishment through that umbilical cord. There are two veins and one artery that are constantly feeding that baby. But if something were to happen to that, that life source, if there's a break in connection, that baby would die. Connection is so important. If we lose connection to anything, we die. If we lose connection with the maker, we die spiritually. Okay? The enemy will try and do some of his greatest work in the area of disconnect. Right? He will try and keep us busy and, and throw stuff in our life to get us sidetracked so that we are, we are pulled away from, from time with God. So that he's trying to disconnect us with time with God. The enemy will also try and, and pull us away from our community of believers. Right? He'll try and get us into a place of offense or, 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 or we're, yeah, we're offended by someone or whatever. That, that gets us to pull away from our community of believers. Right? If, if he can get us disconnected, he's got us. That, that area of, of, of offense is like such a bait. And I could go on all day about talking about the offense, but I'll leave that with you. You, you preach your guts out on the word of offense. But um, the idea of connection is so, so important. Allow me to paint a picture for you. Okay, trees... And we're talking about trees and, and roots and all that stuff. So trees, did you know that trees are masters of self-defense and communication? Who needs karate and all that? Whatever. But trees are masters of self-defense and communication. Check this out. Scientists have found that when attacked by insects, trees can flood their leaves with chemicals called phenolics. These noxious compounds are distasteful to tree pests and can even impede their growth. What's amazing is that once a tree is attacked, it will signal to other nearby trees to also start their self-defense before they are attacked. Methods of communication include releasing chemicals into the wind and even sending chemical or electric signals through the network of roots. 
Healthy-rooted people are more aware of their surroundings and have the strength to fend off the strongest of attacks without dying or dwindling. On top of that, they also warn and protect other believers from the ploy of the enemy. There is so much importance in staying connected with other believers. I feel so emotionally and spiritually drained when I spend a day around people who are tearing each other down and making fun of each other and, and yelling and whatever and screaming. But when I'm with a body of believers, I feel so edified. You feel so built up. You feel so connected. You feel so, so spiritually lifted. You, you feel like you're in a place where you just want to keep going bearing fruit for Jesus. Okay? Filling ourselves with other believers in the long run is going to make you want to be more like Jesus. Proverbs 27 verse 9 in the message says that a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. We get refreshed and built up when we hang around other believers. That's why connect groups are so awesome, right? We're building each other up. We're connecting with each other. Other believers will bring out the very best in you. Now, I, I gave this example a few weeks ago with the youth, but uh, in terms of dating and relationships and stuff, but I feel like it fits so well here this morning uh, in this context. Uh, and, and it's about the importance of what a good, healthy uh, relationship, good healthy friendship should be, and it's this idea of, um, it's not a very catchy name, but it's the idea of a uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7 principle. Somebody can come up with a better name for that. Um, so I want to challenge you with this verse that, that, um, that it's basically like a true friend test. Uh, let me just read the passage here. So if anyone's ever been to a wedding, you've definitely heard this before. It says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. I want you to replace the word love, or it, which is talking about love. I want you to replace that word love with the name of your friend. Plug the name of your friends that you call friends into that verse right there. It's a true friend test. If we fill our lives with, with, with close friends, with, with, with people that, that, um, that fit this description, that are going to build us up, they're going to help us to bear fruit more in the long run. Right? I want you to try and, and take that verse and, and plug those people's names into that. Okay? Joel. Joel is love. Or Joel is... Joel, you are love. I love you. I love you man. Joel is patient. Okay? Jeff is kind. Cameron doesn't envy. <laughs> Brian doesn't boast except for the sins. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> boast away. Right? It just goes on and on and on. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that we should break off any friendship that we have with people that don't fit this mold. Otherwise, we wouldn't have, have, a, have a sphere of influence to speak into those people's lives and share the kingdom of God with them. But it's kind of a list of who we have in that, that close-knit friendship type, right? Like in that inner circle, right? Those people that we choose to invest our time in. And, and this is something that I want to fit a mold in, too. I want, I want myself to be this, too. So if I'm not, just tell me I'm not being whatever. I boast too much in Ottawa, but it's all good. Um, tough loss last night. Anyways, moving on. So we have the, uh, next up, we have the fruit-bearing process. Okay, now, before we get into all this, this fruity talk, um, we've got to remember who the fruit's for. Who is all this fruit for? Um, has anybody ever seen um, a tree branch eat its own fruit? That's kind of weird. I, personally, I've never seen any cannibalistic trees out there that could exist, maybe, I don't know. Um, but the, the, the key to remember is that branches don't eat their own fruit, that the fruit that we produce is for the glory of the vine dresser, the gardener, and to serve others, so that we are feeding life into other people. Now, branches also can't work any harder at creating fruit. 
There's nothing we can do that's like a quick fix for us to bear fruit, okay? We, there's, in fact, the only way actually that we can create or produce fruit is to plug ourselves into the vine, right? There's nothing else we can do that's going to speed up the process. We can't just like go home and sit in, in a place of like deep concentration, just enjoy and just like push out a thing of fruit. My daughter, on the other hand, if she gets that face, ooh, watch out. She's producing something. It ain't fruit, though. Oh, let me tell you. It's actually so simple. If we, bearing fruit is a response from God. If we plug into him, he's going to cause us to bear fruit. It's like plugging in your phone or whatever to the thing. You're going to get supercharged when you plug into God. You're gonna, it's going to be a response from that electrical outlet. You could stick other things in there and get another response too. Um, now, some of you might say, what's the point of trying to bear fruit at my workplace or at school or whatever? I'm surrounded by so many people who, 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 who curse and they swear all the time and they try and knock me down for being a Christian. But when you're planted in the right soil, you'll produce fruit that will outshine anything that's thrown at you. Can I give you an example? You take a single tree, a 30-meter high tree, Every single year, that one tree is going to absorb 50, 50 pounds of carbon dioxide every single year. You take that very same tree, that very same tree is going to produce 6,000 pounds of life-giving, life-breathing oxygen every single year. That's 120 times more good that it's producing than the bad that it's absorbing. Okay? You can be placed in the midst of unbelievers and doubters, but not affected by the world. You can still have growth even though the world throws its junk and its garbage at you. You actually grow stronger. Not only that, but you can put out 120 times more good than the bad that you absorb. That's the sign of good healthy roots and healthy fruits. Okay, Jeremiah 17 verse 5 to 8 says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the streams, does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. These verses tell us that when we plant our trust in God, when we go through trials and adversity and tribulations, or if I can say this, when the world throws its junk and carbon dioxide at us, that God will actually bear fruit and blessing in and through those difficulties. He'll produce life-giving oxygen for you and for those around you. Okay, we know that the trials are going to come. We know that the tribulations are going to come. We might as well breathe life-giving oxygen into those situations. And according to the University of Melbourne, trees actually grow faster the older they get and thus their capacity for photosynthesis increases as they age, and they're able to take in more carbon dioxide and spew out more oxygen. So even in your old age, Joel, you can still produce so, so much fruit. Tag your it. I want to encourage you with a great promise from God. And he really hits it home with this verse. Um, but before I read this verse, um, is there anybody here that... that um, you feel like you need to say the same thing over and over again before somebody gets it, like your kids, maybe, anybody, anybody here, yeah? Or maybe that's you yourself. You know, I find for me, anyways, if, if, if I feel like something went really, really bad, 
I feel like I need like five or six people to say that, no, no, it was good, it was okay, it was okay. See, I, th- I think God knows this, and when he wrote this verse, he had me in mind. Um, that, that he, so he says the same word five times in the matter of one verse. Okay, listen, check this out. Zechariah verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 12. <clears throat> it says, the seed will grow well, the vine will yield its fruit, the ground will produce its crop, and the heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as inheritance to the remnant of this people. Did you guys catch that? Did you guys catch that? What was that word that he says five times? He says, will. I will do this. I will. The seed will grow well. The vine will yield its fruit. Ground will produce its crop. The heaven will drop their dew. And I will give all these things. Okay, some of you, I think, today need to hear the fact that God is always for you and that God is never against you. God cares so much about you. He's pursuing you. He's chasing after you. He's, he's trying to lift you up. He's trying to give you the best things possible. Now, if you're in a place right now that you're not bearing fruit or you feel like you're in a little rut and you're not bearing fruit, who cares? Plug into the vine and he's going to cause you to bear fruit. Plug into the vine, he's going to lift you up. Plug into the vine, he's going to elevate you. Plug into the vine, he's going to promote you. Plug into the vine and he's going to cause you to bear fruit. Amen? Trust in him that he is the God who always follows, follows through on his word. Trust in God that he, he, his word never fails. It always comes back positive. Joshua 21 verse 45 says, Not one of all of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every single one of them was fulfilled. And Isaiah 55 11, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it, God says. Come on, do you guys believe that God is going to cause you to bear fruit? God's going to cause you to produce fruit today. God's going to cause you to produce fruit tomorrow and the next day and the next day after that. And with that fruit, you're going to be able to do things you never even thought possible. With that fruit, God's going to cause his super to come onto your natural. With that fruit, God's going to open heaven's floodgates and he's going to cause you to conquer the impossible. Come on, now this is not fake news, you guys. This is the good news of God. Amen? His will be done, he says. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His will be done. Now, what does this do from heaven? You guys are like, I don't understand this do thing. What does this do from heaven? Oh, do. I'm going to go full on nerd for a second with you guys. Uh, when I was like six or seven years old, I wanted to be a, a meteorologist. Up until I was like 16, I wanted to be a weatherman. True story. And so anyways, now that you know I have my degree in geekology, allow me to share some stuff about dew with you guys, okay? Dew is a, droplet, or is a deposit of water droplets that forms at night from the condensation of the air. Dew is essential to maintain vegetation and animal life when rain is scarce. As the dew covers the plant, it absorbs the life-giving substance through its leaves so that it can survive another day. Without this daily source of water, plants will not endure until the latter rains. So essentially, God provides the dew that falls to feed our roots when we're in the dark places. When we're in that place where we're in such a dry, desperate season, when we feel like we don't, we don't feel the presence of God, when we feel alone, when we feel like God's not there, he's there. When we feel like we're not experiencing the rain of God, hey guys, we're experiencing the dew of God. Amen? If you're going through a situation right now, you don't feel the presence of God, he's sprinkling a little bit of dew on it. You got that situation at work? Mm, God's sprinkling a little bit of dew on it. You got that situation at home? God's sprinkling a little bit of dew on that until the latter rain comes and he floods you with the presence of God to the point of overflowing. The fifth and final I will in this verse is him saying, I will give all of these things. Now this idea of bearing fruit is something that's been around since creation. Genesis 1.28 says, 
It was God's first commandment to mankind. It says, be fruitful and multiply. Now, yes, he's talking about Adam and Eve making a bunch of babies and populating the earth. Hallelujah. But if it's written in the Bible, then it's got some kind of prophetic significance for us today. Right? And I believe as important as it was for Adam and Eve the natural, it's as important for us today in the spiritual. See, God is calling each and every one of us to be fruitful and to multiply ourselves spiritually so we can increase the size of the kingdom of God here on earth. Do you guys see that? Remember that they will, they will know us Christians by the fruit that we produce. And I believe that's the mandate on this church. They would go from a place of having healthy roots to producing healthy fruits so that we can be, live a supernatural lifestyle and that we can become a supernatural church. God is calling us further. Continue grabbing hold of the word of God and spending that time in that quiet place listening to God. And watch as he will start to pour miracle grow on the fruits of your life. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.